What's up, y'all? This is the Book of Joe podcast. I am back with another episode. I know it's been a minute. Hi, <laughs> I am your host, Joanna Joe Smith. And you know what? This is what I found in the Bible this week. This is the Book of Joe. My book. Let's go deep inside where the sea People stop reading the Bible. Let's open up the Exodus 28 to 11. All around the world. They don't understand it. Glory to God. There are so many promises in this book. We gotta get back to telling the truth. John 16, 33. I'm told you things so that you may have peace. Nah, I'm not a minister. <laughs> you can't hear it down your face. The people just need to see it from a different perspective. God really is good all the time. God says, if he loved me, keep my commandments. I first asked myself, who's speaking? Did you trick you? And then everything sounds different from there. But God does not lie. I'm Jill, and this is what I found in the Bible. All right, you guys. So hallelujah. Let me tell you, I am back with something very quick. What's been going on is that, you know, God has been using me in different ways to, to minister in ways that I haven't even expected things that I have, you know, submitted myself to in prayer. Like God, if you need me to do something, let me know. If you need me to share with people, let me know. Y'all know that y'all know that's how we got here with the podcast in, in general. Um, over the past couple of weeks, my husband and my family, we have all, and myself, we have gone out and done some ministry work, some ministry open worship, and we're entering a season in our lives where God is asking us to kind of share our worship to a non-biased audience, um, for the first time. Usually when Black Love Smiths in the past year that we've been working on music, releasing music, we've created our own opportunities to worship. We've gone outside and worshiped in the park with no permission. We've um, created um, like um, like worship videos on our YouTube page of our music. Um, when you go to Black Love Smiths on YouTube, you'll see some of that. So we haven't necessarily gone out and, and been requested or gone out and, um, you know, kind of just presented ourselves. And we've done both since the last time I've I've talked to you guys. Um, We've auditioned for a uh, music competition or a talent competition in Hartford. And um, we've also gone out and um, ministered at a showcase at one of my husband's old churches in New Jersey. So you guys do know that we went out to the New England Music Seminar and, and we won um, for God. And that was that was amazing, totally unexpected. And since then, you know, we had the two other opportunities line up last month in November and we were working on that. All of that basically to say that we have been super obedient with whatever God has for us. And what's coming up right now is um, I have been requested to minister to women at a empowerment event this month. And it's 
it's something that I kind of saw coming, um, but that God has been preparing me for, especially from our last opportunity to worship. When I was in, um, when I was in Patterson, I believe it was East Orange actually, uh, with my husband a couple weeks ago, this Holy Spirit moved in such a crazy way. And I, I put a little clip up on our Instagram um, for, for us to kind of see it. Not, it was just a little clip because you had to be there. But when the Holy Spirit moved in such a way over me, I was able to speak to this audience that was presented in front of us. And he had given me a specific word for that specific audience. And then after I was met with, you know, a couple of the women in tears um, and some of the things that they had said to me, um, I won't share all of it because some things are just between me, God and his people, but what was, what stood out and forgive me if I'm choosing my words carefully because I don't want any of the glory guys. It's so important that we know that this is so about God. Um, but what was interesting to me and what, what, what took me back was, you know, one of these women had been in the church, faithfully going to the church on a consistent basis. And she said to me, it had been such a long time since she had witnessed an anointing like that on someone. And I was, I was, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not glory for me. It's not flattering for me to hear that. What it was, was like a wake up call for me. Like there's something special there, Joe, that God did in you, Joe, and you have got to obey, you know, even more than ever, if that makes sense, y'all. So it's not about like, I walked out of there like, yeah, I got the juice. I didn't feel like that. I felt like, oh, wow. Um, it's, it's really real. Like, I know it's real for me, but it's really real for others too. The stuff that God places on my heart to share with people. When I tell you he was spitting things out to me that it was two women specifically that came to me. Um, one that I had to share what we learned in episode seven with. And I, I talked to her and her husband the next day. Um, and it was, everything was just ordained in God. God had told me to tell them things and the things that I had told them from God got reactions that I've seen happen in the church, but never would have expected from it to come from me. I would never have expected God to use me in that way. Um, so it's a new space. Um, even there was a brother who, um, you know, God told me to tell him he wanted him to minister with his guitar. And <laughs> the brother didn't expect to, to use his guitar that day. In fact, he had came with a, a song queued up on, um, queued up on the, the computer to play. And so he went up after I talked to him and the song would not play. And because the song would not play, he was left to use his guitar and minister with his guitar. And the song that he played was a song that he hadn't played in years, but it was the only song that he knew with his guitar at that moment. And it was a song that he first wrote with the guitar and it was a song for his mother who had passed away. And so he did the song for us and he was in tears. And so for me to witness that, to witness God tell me, give me the guitar and to see that guitar ministered to him and all of us who were there in that moment, it just really, 
You had to be there. You really had to be there. So I'm saying all of that to say glory to El Shaddai. Glory to God for whatever he, he sees fit in my life. Whatever he sees fit to use me for, I give him all the glory, all the honor, all the praise. And if you would just help me uh, give him praise and glory right now and just say, hallelujah, God, bow your heads. And we just want to say, hallelujah, God, we thank you for whatever we can be of use for. Oh, God, we thank you for using us for whatever matters to you. We thank you for recycling our raggedy lives, turning them around and making them something that other people can use. Oh God, I thank you. I thank you if anything that I do in, in your way and in your will brings people closer to you, I am just, I am just humbled and grateful because you're amazing. You are wonderful. And I I can't even, I can't even express, I can't even express how much that means uh, to me to be liked by you, oh God. And I just pray that the listener right now would allow themselves the full submission. It took me some time to get it myself, but I pray that the listener is fully submitted, fully ready to be used by you in great ways. And I pray that it changed their life forever. And as I get into this quick message for them today, it's going to be very quick. I pray that they feel blessed and that they know that this comes from El Shaddai, the creator, the creator of the breath of life. Not me. And he deserves all the glory. You deserve all the glory, El Shaddai. And we love you. And we give you praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Way. I stand accused. They bent the truth. I swear. So help me God. I've been abused and came to you when they felt me good. This is my truth. I need you to prevail the odds. What do I do? I need Thank help. Thank you, Lord. Please visit blacklovesniffs.com. All right, so you guys, I have to prepare a sermon, right, um, by request of this empowerment, uh, this women's empowerment moment. And I have been in the word, um, you know, seeking God for what God would want for this particular group of people, which is what I do before me and my husband do it together. I always want, when I say I, it is his usually and always a we thing. Um, but we always really go into um, worship and prayer on behalf of each audience that we have to present God to. You know, that's basically what what is my unction in life is just to present the God that I know to as many people as I can who are willing to hear me. And I know that God is going to bring my audience for that to me. Right. That's my job, though, is to introduce you to the God that I know in the way that I know him. Right. So when someone asks me like this, this group has asked me to speak to them um, next Sabbath. I know that it's because they need to be introduced to the God that I know in the way that I know him. Right. So I started to prep um, what we could call a sermon, um, but it's really like a talk, like what we do right now, you and I. Right. Um and I started to prep a Bible study more so, right? An approachable Bible study. That's what I do. That's what we do. Um, and so as I was doing that, um, God asked me to share just a portion of it with you guys um, because you might need to know too. 
So what God has asked me to do with this group of women is he warned me and he said, like this group of women, when you come in, Joe, the way that I have y'all dressed, how I have y'all dressed down in your sweats when you perform and I have you sit down and take the humble seat um, so that I be glorified. These women that you're going to meet with next week um, may be skeptical of our relationship. This is what God is telling me, right? When you pray and you don't pray in the name of Jesus anymore and you don't say amen at the end. People might be confused by that. And you need to take a second before you even open your mouth up to invite me in, to invite the Holy One, El Shaddai, into the building himself, the one, the creator. Before you bring that energy and that power with you into this, this setting, let them know something that, that explains who I am, who I am, I am, is. You understand? And I was like, okay, all right. <laughs> because um, I didn't really know how to do that without sounding like, yeah, y'all. So I'm bringing, um, I'm bringing God in the building <laughs> and uh, you can, you know, you can put a pause on whatever else you know right now. Uh, I don't want to do it like that because that's not loving and that's, that's not what God asked for. So this is what he had me write so far. And he wants me to share this piece with you as well, um, because I don't want you to dismiss any of my prayers simply because I don't end them in amen. All right. See, people tell me Jesus is Lord. Right. And they follow it with an amen. This is how I'm going to start with it. Right. And you guys can tell me if it was effective. <laughs> All right. So I'm, then I'm going to say now, despite the fact that neither the name of Jesus nor the word amen is Hebrew. All right. We're going to just. Put that aside. We're not going to worry about that part. Okay. As a Hebrew, y'all know that I'm Hebrew. That's how I identify. I'm going to have to ask you, who told you to say amen? Now I'm going to come back to the name of the Lord in a second, but I want to know, do you know what amen means? Never mind who amen actually is. We just, we're not even going to go there. We're just going to respect the fact that all of our intentions are pure, right? And all of us just want to get it right. Anybody just want to get it right? You got to raise your hand if you want to get it right. You want to get it right? I'm raising my hand right now because I'm right there with you. I just want to get it right. Right? So <laughs> in the dictionary, they define amen as an utterance at the end of prayer that translates to so be it. Right? Y'all heard that before, right? So be it. My son is in the room with me. He raised his hand too. He just wants to get it right. Glory to God. All right. So like a declaration, that's what so be it is. It's like a declaration that this will be as we have prayed it to be, right? Isn't that what y'all think? No, actually. Actually, it's not that, right? And I'm not trying to hurt anyone. So if God is going to have it, um, this is going to help someone by his grace. Right. So I'm going to tell you all the truth. And I just I just want to remove any immediate boundaries between you and me. Right. God told me a little bit ago um, that when he called me, I would have to meet people as I am, wherever they may be and use the truth and use his love to break the resistance that I'm going to experience. Because in the past, it's been really hard to offer new ideas to old faithful people, old faithful Christians, 
right? But yet behold, God said, what? I do a new thing. Yes. And Joe is a new thing for y'all. And I get that. All right. So let's just have a down to earth talk about God. Yes. Okay. So in English, the phrase, so be it is explained as an expression of acceptance or resignation. Now let's take the word acceptance. Acceptance is agreement or belief in an opinion, idea, or explanation, right? That's the closest definition that we have for most of our understanding of what so be it would be when we say amen, right? So let's go with that. Now, I know that we all have been agreeing and believing in prayer for a long time, all right? But I have to ask you, based on this definition, is prayer an opinion? Is prayer an idea? Is prayer an explanation? Like the word acceptance would be in the, in the definition of so be it, which means amen. Is that what prayer is? No, not at all. Prayer is defined as a solemn request for help. Hallelujah. Or an expression of thanks addressed to God. Hallelujah, right? Or an object of worship. And that's that's it, right? That's it right there. Yep. Right? That's what prayer is to me. Isn't that the prayer we know? All right, so now let's think about it. When there is a solemn request for help in our presence to God, does it make sense to express acceptance, meaning agreement or belief in that opinion, idea, or explanation? Does it make sense to resign, to have resignation, or to give up? Like the phrase, so be it, implies. No. It doesn't make sense to respond in this way when someone has spoken to God in front of me, especially because they ain't asking me for the help to accept it, right? And it ain't my call to give up after their plea with my resignation. They don't need that from me, right? Especially when they're requesting help or expressing thanks to God. I mean, their request ain't really my business, is it? God got it from there, don't he? And if I believe that, then why am I saying things I don't believe in? I'm starting this way because some people tune me out when I, when I don't pray like them. But I don't want to be a stumbling block for the changes I have made in my walk with God simply because they're not widely used around you. Simply because it, it's uncomfortable around those who hear me, right? I don't want to offend anyone by anything I say or do for God. And if it's because of something I could have simply explained that could help them take in what I'm saying then and get a deeper relationship with him in their own way, then let me explain, right? Because I'm here to present alternative perspectives. That's what God has blessed me to do. That's what my gift in the world is. I know that now, right? So I'm willing to explain. And this is my explanation. So let's get back to how I end prayer before I close out. If I'm present during someone's prayer, I choose to see that prayer as its third definition, an object of worship. And if we're worshiping, I'm here for it. 
So my response to the most authentic form of worship is always and forever going to be hallelujah. Why? Well, because if you're worshiping my God, then his name is the the Tetragrammaton. Yeah. Not to be confused with Jah. I'm going to explain that right now. The Tetragrammaton is the audible YHWH. Right? If I were to say Jah, people would have transliterated that to Jehovah. But that's not it. But you'll find that in the definition of the Tetragrammaton, because we're trying to make people comfortable that don't need to be comfortable because God is not confusing. All right. God's name is YHWH. The sounds. Yeah. All right. That is the Hebrew God's name. You can look it up in the dictionary. And it's inserted there to create a Hebrew name, right? So if you get nothing else from me today, if you get nothing else from whatever I say, please understand this one thing. God is not confusion. So a Hebrew God without a Hebrew name for the Hebrews to call them would make no sense. That's how I know that the Tetragrammaton has never been the J-H-V-H sounds. Let me explain a little deeper. The Y-H-W-H is easy to understand. Because when we say it, it's the breath of life. Literally, the inhale and exhale pattern of YHWH is because in Hebrew, your name is your life's purpose in full. So Y-H-W-H is life. It is. That's what the name is. That's what the name means. That's who the name is. That's who the name shall be, right? So the reason how I know that God's name is Y-H-W-H is because we call his name. As we live, as we breathe, all right? So to help us talk about him in conversation, we say Yahweh. We added some vowels between the uh, Y and the H and then between the W and the H. And we added A and E. And so we call him Yahweh, right? The God of life. Yes? And so if his name is Y-H-W-H, those sounds, that we can't pronounce as a name unless we add the vowels, then we call on him consistently as we breathe in and out all day long. Our life itself is a worship. We call on him consistently. They say we inhale and exhale about 22,000 times a day. 22,000 times we draw on our source. We draw on our God. 
And it's that simple. It's that simple because God is not confusing. So let's keep it simple then, shall we? Excuse me, y'all, I had to go get my baby girl. So you might hear her. You say hi. <laughs> so I got both my children in the room if you hear some, some noise. All right, but let's let's get into it. So I said, let's keep it simple, right, before the break. And we should. If someone finishes their object of worship to Yahweh, the God of life, and I say, Hala, which means to shine in Hebrew. Remember, we're talking about a Hebrew God. So everything should be in Hebrew, right? Hala, which means to shine. Lu, which means with in this sense. And Yah, which is the short of Yahweh, right? Which we know is the name created by the YHWH added vowels. So now we've got Hebrew words that, that confirm that this is his name. Then my response to your prayer, your object of worship will be shine with Yah, right? Defined as praise Yahweh, which is hallelujah, right? All right, because that's what we're doing. We lifting Yahweh, the creator of the heaven, earth, sea. Hallelujah, baby. And all that in them, period. Okay? So I don't say amen when I pray anymore. Yeah, I got to talk to the people. I don't say amen when I pray anymore, but I didn't want to throw you off. Okay? And I don't want to throw you off. And I don't want anyone to be, um, you know, to be taken back when I pray and it's and it's different from that. All right, bless you baby girl. All right, real quick, I wanna get into the next thing, which if you've been with me, you already know, but it, it ties into the fact that I started this thing off saying that people tell me Jesus is Lord and then they ended with amen. So now we already know that we're not gonna end in amen anymore, but let's get to the name of the Lord because like I said, it's simple, all right? Great. So I don't pray in Jesus's name. Now, I know that's tough for a lot of you all to hear, and I know it's hard to swallow, and I can go as deep as you guys want on that. You can go to episode seven of this podcast. If you want to do it on your own, you can call me. You can you can send me an email, whatever you want to do, but I'm not taking back what I just said, all right? And for today, I'm not even going to go into why in the depth of that. I just want to preface any prayer that you've heard from me um, so that you know who I pray to and you can kind of open up or let your guard up whatever you want to do according to the Holy Spirit knowing the truth behind my actions right so for today we're just going to stay surface I'm not going to go all the way into it about um about the Lord right now I'm just going to still keep it simple and easy because that's God he is simple and easy about it all right okay so I pray to Yahweh who I just explained is the breath of life our God, just like Exodus 20 commands me to do. Who is God? This is my job to, to, to introduce you to the God that I know, how I know him. So I know, yeah, yeah, girl. I know the creator, the power, right? In Hebrew, his name is El. Yeah. And when we give reverence in the Hebrew language, we usually plural or make somebody's name plural to give them some oomph. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the capitalization you see in your, your King James Bible. All right. So that's how El became Elohim, which is the plural, right? 
Now, he is the main character, the only character of the first chapter of the first book of our one Bible, the first Bible, right? He is easy and simple. He did this so that we would understand very simply and very easily that he is one. All right. He is first before anything. Simple. So in the first book of the first chapter, I mean, of the in the first book, the first book, the first chapter and the first verse of your Bible is going to say, in the beginning, God created the heaven and earth. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine words. That's it. And the period at the end makes me giggle. Like in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Period. Because that's it. This whole thing starts with God. The beginning starts with God. And who is God? You don't even have to go to the next verse. It's right there in that same verse. The creator of the heaven and earth. Easy. That's it. Now we can skim through that whole first chapter and you will see no other names. He's the one in the one. All right. He's the first in the first. All right. Some of us don't know that because they tell us to start in the book of John. But the book starts with Genesis. All right. The beginning. All right. So if you skim through that in the whole first chapter, you will see no other names. He is one completely in the one. Then we see him work in partnership through the second chapter of the first book. So in the second chapter of the first book, there's two, right? <laughs> very simple, very easy. So Genesis 2, a new name appears literally next to him, all right? But obviously after him in sequence because the chapter 2 begins with the end of creation, all right? And then it dives a little deeper. So it's obviously saying that this second person is not the one, but definitely the two. All right. So look at verse four in chapter two of Genesis. It says, um, well, it has the, the, if you just look at it, we won't read the, the verse right now, but it says, uh, you can see it, the, the name Lord, all capitalized, God appears. So the name Lord is literally put right next to the God we already met in chapter one. All right. We know who God is, but who is Lord? Let's Google. So I just want you guys to know that a trusted source for Hebrew understanding, which is what I think we all need to be doing, is the Abraim-publications.org site. So when I type in things that I want to understand from the Bible in a Hebrew way, I type in um, the Abraim. So for this, I typed in Lord, all capitals, meaning in Abraim, all right? And what it says is um, about a couple uh, paragraphs down, you'll see when you get there, um, it has the word Adon, like how Adonai, right? And it says the word Adon refers to the authoritative foundation of social structures, like the caste system is what that means basically like the feudalism system right it's for groups or individuals relative to society so you know you got the slaves on the bottom you got you know the the peasants on the bottom and then you've got the the smiths and the and the black um metallurgies and the people who are working you know no pun intended the people who are doing the work the smiths 
<laughs> then you got the lords and the ladies, vassals, etc. And then you got the kings and the queens, right? Or the nobles, I'm sorry. You got the nobles above that, the priests and, and all of those. And then you got the kings and the queens, right? That's how it's in the feudal system. So that's basically what Adon refers to, a system, the systematic system, right? Okay, so Lord capitalized, right? It says in this, oh, let me keep going. So it's commonly translated um, with Lord or Lord with a one cap. That's what this, this, um, this paragraph is saying. And it really doesn't really cut it. This is what it says in, the, in this paragraph. It says English translations usually translate the name of YHWH, right, with Lord, which is even worse than its original understanding because it leads to congested sentences. All right. Now we can stop there. Oh, actually, no, don't stop there. It continues to say the King James Version famously solved this problem by lamely <laughs> translating Adonai with Lord one cap and Yahweh with the Lord capitalized. So there is a difference between a Lord with a one cap and a Lord fully capitalized in your Bible. And that difference is that Lord with the one cap refers to a system, right? And the Lord all caps refers to the one I introduced you to earlier, the breath of life. Okay, so Lord all caps is Yahweh, the Hebrew God of life. He partnered with Elohim of Genesis chapter one to form the creation combination that happens in the next chapter two, when the verse seven says, they formed man, the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils, the breath of life, colon. We got a colon. So whenever we have a colon, we replace that with when we see colon and the word and next to it or with another conjunction like but, we replace those and we put um, the words and what I mean by that is, all right, so that we can understand what's going on. So Lord God formed man in the dust of the ground. I'm sorry, excuse me, let me get it right. Lord God formed man, bless you baby, the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, colon. What I'm, and what I mean by that is, man became a living soul, all right? A spirit in the flesh, get it? Simple and easy. The breath is the spirit of YHWH, Yahweh, the sound of breathing, and the flesh is the dust of the ground. So again, a spirit in the flesh, simple. All right. God really ain't really trying to confuse y'all. All right. Now, Lord God, or literally Yahweh, while next to Elohim, the creator, you can define it like that. They are present through the rest of the chapter two and throughout the whole chapter three. But in chapter four of this first book, Genesis, the main spirit is Lord by himself. So now we know that Yahweh is separate from God. We also know that Yahweh is separate from Lord one cap. We also know that Yahweh and Elohim created us. They are the creation combination who we give all respect to, right? And that Yahweh worked alongside God to give us human life. That's what chapter two, verse seven explains. But why? Why did we go through all of this? Because of Exodus 20. 
because of Exodus 20, which brings us this day, this Sabbath that I'm coming to you on. Most of us are familiar with it, but let's go ahead and look at it. Exodus 20 states who is speaking so that you don't get confused. Why? Because God is not confusing yet again. He does not want to think, want us to think that he speaks in third person about himself. Why? Because the only people who speak in third person are people who are possessed or being used by God. All right. So if you're being used by God as a vessel, that is the holy form of possession. All right. So in order to simplify the word, we can just plug in what we know and what we've come across just now. Okay. God is going to be Elohim, right? And the Hebrew word for Lord, all capital, is called Yahweh. So we're going to plug this in to Exodus 20, verse 1. And it says, And Elohim spake all these words, saying, I, the Y-H-W-H, I, the Yahweh, I, yeah. Thy Elohim. Stop. So let's keep it simple. I skipped the italics. Yeah, hallelujah. My baby started clapping. <laughs> Can I finish, please? I skipped the italics because. Yeah. talking because they were entered by the scribes who were trying to help us understand what the Holy Spirit is saying. Right. Um, and so I think we can do that without their help. All right. Now thy means yours. So Elohim is basically saying, or basically making Yahweh our God. And how do we know that? Because whatever Elohim says just is period. And he's got three dimensional speech. All right. That's the word you can stand on. Because when he said four words, let there be light. It's been lit ever since. It's litty. All right. If four words for him are powerful enough to light the whole world forever and ever, then it means that means your Old Testament, his word is a bit more powerful than you could ever imagine. Because those words come from Elohim himself. All right. And since the whole thing is based on the word of Elohim, the Old Testament is not just cheap talk. All right. A little more then I'll let y'all go. So when Elohim spake all these words, bless you, serenity, um, saying, I, the YHWH, the breath of life, your Elohim. He was saying, I'm placing my authority. I, Elohim, am placing my authority in the breath of life himself, Yahweh, who is your God, because we already know they're not the two. They're not the same. So who is God speaking to in this? situation us the hebrews and how do we know because this is the god of moses who brought us the 10 laws of life itself see what i did there the reason we gather today on the sabbath is because of the law number four which is the eighth in this verse this i mean in this chapter all right and it extends itself three verses after skipping all the italics so you can hear exactly what god says it reads remember the sabbath day to keep it holy Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. Colon, what I mean by that is. But the seventh day, the Sabbath of the Lord, of the Lord, the breath of life, Yahweh, your Elohim. Colon, what I mean by that is, you shall not do any work. 
You nor your son nor your daughter, your manservant nor your maidservant nor your cattle nor your stranger that within thy gates visitors that come to visit you. And what I mean by that is for six days, the breath of life, Yahweh made heaven and earth, the sea and all that in them and rested the seventh day. And what I mean by that is wherefore, that's why, that's why this is the reason, this is the whole purpose. The breath of life, Yahweh blessed the Sabbath day and holiday. Okay. We all right. All right. So before I let y'all go, I just want y'all to know that this commandment stems from 10 easy to grasp laws for living. And the first of these 10 commandments reads from where I left off. It says, Elohim spake all these words saying, I, the breath of life, Yahweh, your Elohim, Hebrews, which have brought you, Hebrews, out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. If you believe that, then it's me. And I'm telling you it's him. All right. You shall have no other gods in front of me before me. That's what before means. Oh, Joe, I thought that before meant like before the beginning of time. No, it doesn't. This before is the same before that we see in Abraham's covenant with Elohim and with, uh, with El Shaddai. I promise you, God made it so simple. You can turn to Genesis chapter 17, verse one. And it says, it says how this before is intended, right? It says, and when Abram was 90 years old and nine, so 99 years old, God loves a birthday, probably because it celebrates life. So therefore it celebrates him. It says, the Lord in all caps appeared to Abram. So the breath of life, Yahweh appeared to Abram and said unto him, I, the almighty God, colon. And what I mean by that is walk in front of me. Walk before me and be thou perfect. What does that mean? Well, it means that the almighty God in Hebrew is El Shaddai. That is the name that Abram would have understood when God said this to him. It means almighty God. So the breath of life has a name. The tetragrammon explains what he is. He is the Y-H-W-H. He is the yeah. Right? And this verse says what he prefers to be called by his who are in covenant with him. Are you in covenant with him? All right. Because he says in this verse, if you walk in front of me, you'll be perfect. That's exactly what he wants you to do. So he knows that you're not hiding from him. So you're not covered from his judgments, but rather transparent and open with him. That's what that means. Because in Isaiah 56 verse one, it reads, thus saith the Lord, all caps, keep y'all. Ye, keep y'all judgment and do justice. What I mean by that is for my salvation near to come and my righteousness to be revealed. Blessed the man doeth this and the son of man layeth hold on it. Has get that grip on it. He's saying what I mean by that is that keepeth the Sabbath from polluting it and his hand from doing any evil. That's who's blessed. Right. From doing any evil, he's talking about the Ten Commandments. He's saying, don't barter your judgment with me for the promise of mansions in the sky. Keep my commandments, keep his commandments and wear the mark of his people by observing the Sabbath on the seventh day. Because Isaiah 43 verse 10 calls us to stand for El Shaddai. 
he he's almost begging us in this moment right here. He says, ye, y'all, my witnesses, saith El Shaddai, Yahweh, the breath of life, Lord all caps, who was with God when man was formed. He said, y'all, my witnesses and my servants whom I have chosen. And what I mean by that is that y'all may know and believe me and understand that I, he, and what I mean by that is before me, in front of me, there was no God formed. Neither shall there be after me. I, I, the Lord, all caps. And what I mean by that is beside me, no savior. Listen to our God beg us to grasp this. The next verse, 12, he said, I have declared and have saved and I have showed when no strange among you. And what I mean by that is, therefore, which means that is the reason that y'all, ye, my witnesses, saith the Lord, all caps, that I God. All right. So he said he declared, which means he has spoken and he wrote it. We have it in writing. He said he saved, which means we have been delivered from bondage. He has redeemed us from anybody who tries to enslave us. And he has showed, which means we have witnessed signs and miracles and wonders that we are able to testify with, are we not? Even before strange things came to confuse us, even before strange things took place, that's what he's saying. Serenity, I am speaking to the people. You cannot flatulate. <laughs> Excuse my baby. All right. Okay, girl. So he is saying, he's saying that, right? He said before there was even strange things that were set up to confusion. So what strange things take place is what y'all might want to know. Well, for one, stuff gets real weird when a new Lord is introduced. When that claim, one that claims to come from the all cap family that we've seen. We've seen God all capitalized in Genesis. We've seen Lord all capitalized in Genesis. But this Lord has the one cap that we heard about earlier being part of the Adon, the feudal system, the, the system, the powers, the principles, the, the, the wickedness in high places maybe. The, maybe that system, is that what we're talking about? We know principalities and seraphim are all part of the heaven, the seven heavens. We're talking about a stair step in heaven. Maybe that Adon? Is that what we're talking about here? I don't know, but let, let's not go there. That's for another day. We've got this one capital letter in our Bible that starts to confuse us because it blends in with lower ranking lords that are not capitalized, that are not clear and easy to understand. And who is that? Acts chapter nine, verse four and five reads loudly around this time. It says that Saul was visited on his way to Damascus. And chapter four says, and Saul fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Why are you hurting me, Saul? Five. And Saul said, who are you? Lord with the one capital letter. And the Lord with the one capital letter said, I am Jesus. That's in your Bible. That's right there. So now we have confusing and God never wanted that. So let's create an object of worship. And when you hear worship go forth, now that you know what you know, let's close it in hallelujah. So El Shaddai, we thank you 
for the listener today. We thank you for those who just needed a little clarification. I pray that they have the power, the power of the breath of life. There, yeah. Yahweh, when they pray, I pray that they speak to you in the name that you've given them to speak to you in. Those who are in covenant of you, I pray that they lift you up and call you El Shaddai. And in your name, they praise you and say, hallelujah, hallelujah, Yahweh. Every single time they make an object of worship. And I pray that they understand who is their savior. Beside you, there is none. That's what your Isaiah is telling us. And I pray that from there, if they have any questions, they go back to episode seven of this podcast and they get the full truth and that they don't condemn anything that I have for them because I believe in my heart and I know that everything that's coming out of my mouth, I've asked you permission to say to your people that they might hear you and that they might know who you are and that they might know that you're real and that when they hear you begging in chapter 56 of Isaiah and in chapter 43 of Isaiah, when they hear you begging them to understand and remember that it's you that when they're approached by anything other than you, they would plead your name quickly, fall under your grace quickly, let the power of the breath of life consume them and they would call out your name. They would continue to breathe through it and that they would know and be not confused how simple and easy your love, your word, your declaration, your salvation, your redemption is. So we pray this in the name of El Shaddai, the almighty God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Book of Joe is but a portion of a family ministry called the Black Love Smiths. To follow the Black Love Smiths, you can do so at Black Love Smiths on Instagram or Facebook. To get into contact with Joe, please email bookofjoe at gmail.com. God bless you.